Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, Happy New Year. What did you end up doing during break? Happy New Year, Rachel. I'm so excited for the new year. During break, I created cork wall art. I took all the corks from the wine that I drank over an undisclosed period of time and turned it into what I thought was going to be a doormat. And now I think is going to be something I will display not for my feet to go on. How about you? I hung out in the Catskills with a few close friends. I tried not to work, but to be honest, that was super difficult for me. I'm stoked for 2021 Micmac. You know, we're rolling out this new concept that I'm sure is totally familiar to everyone, including yourself, OKRs. I love OKRs. I did not love OKRs initially, but I've gotten the religion on OKRs and we are rolling out ours as well. Oh, awesome. Similar to what Debbie Perlman, CEO of Revlon, shared with us. The part of their digital transformation where the shopper is omnichannel, dominated by e-commerce and curbside pickup, that she reorganized departments to get closer to those objectives and allow the employees closest to the objectives to make decisions as opposed to hierarchical decisions. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And if you look back at Revlon in 2020, they saw a 14% of their revenue come from e-commerce. And that's enough for us to say, let's get Debbie Perlman onto the show and figure out what's going on in the world of Revlon. Debbie, thank you so much for making time for Sarah and I. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. It's great to be here. You're the CEO of one of the biggest cosmetic companies in the world, and you're here to talk about e-commerce. I'm sure there's 18,000 other things on your plate. Why are you here to talk about e-com? Today, when you look at e-commerce and when you look at digital and you look at where business is going, particularly Revlon's business, it is where business is happening today. And it's frankly where the future growth is for not only the beauty industry, but also for Revlon's future. When I first became CEO in 2018, e-commerce represented low single digits of our net sales. Today, with frankly a lot of focus from the entire organization and having it be a key strategic pillar 
we have been able to increase it to approximately 14% of our net sales. It's awesome. Huge. Yeah. Thank you. When you look at the consumers today and you go back to the second quarter of 2019 in U.S. retail, e-commerce represented approximately 10%, right? You turn to the third quarter of 2020 for U.S. retail and e-commerce now represents, you know, 20%. So, you know, that's an incredible acceleration. And while, you know, it hasn't happened overnight, we definitely see that the acceleration in this COVID period has had tremendous impact. And, you know, whether people say the acceleration is, you know, three years into three months or it's five years into nine months, you know, it's there and we need to be participating in capturing that. We continue to remain focused on this from a business perspective, but also because we need to be connected to our consumers. And not only the consumers, you know, we need to be there for, but frankly, everybody from our stakeholders wants to know about this, which is why it's important for me to be speaking with you today, because you, both of you are at the forefront of being brave in e-commerce. And for me, you know, whether I'm talking to my board members, my customers, my investors, you know, this is really where they want to be and what they want to talk about in terms of how we are tackling this part of our business. Yeah. I mean, the volume of conversations that Rachel and I are now having at the board level is really exceptional. And it's kind of shot out of not necessarily nowhere, but it's gone from one of those things where I wouldn't necessarily say it was on the fringe, but it wasn't representing such a large percentage of sales. And then when it comes out of nowhere and that's the growth engine and everything else is either flat or, you know, if you're lucky, slightly up, you look at that and you say, oh gosh, this is very, very different from all the other channels that I've been distributing my products. And the models are different. The mechanism's different. The margin's different. It's really hard to move large companies and help them reorient for this. So how do you look at doing that with that rapid acceleration of both, you know, like you said, consumer behavior, but also how do you do that within the way that you guys operate? I mean, it kind of just changes. We keep looking at e-commerce and it's like, it affects everyone in the organization, which is great because you can have data that flows that becomes your source of truth on all this other great stuff. The flip side, it means a tremendous amount of both, you know, evangelization. Okay. Probably don't need to do that anymore, but education immersion and in the, what does this mean for me and why should I not be scared? So how are you guys looking at that at Revlon? You know, Sarah, it's really a great question and it's really top of mind for me, my entire leadership and our board. And what we did during this period of time from the onset of starting to see this acceleration is really took a hard look at how do we change the way in which we work. You can talk about e-commerce at a very high level, but at the end of the day, it comes down to how do you execute on that within an organization and how does that impact the employees at all levels in terms of how they're actually getting work done. For us, it became a real education and learning in terms of how do we set ourselves up for success. So we ended up spending a lot of time looking at how do we reorganize ourselves in order to do that. So we started really by taking very dedicated employees to focus on e-commerce. And these teams were set up cross-functionally. 
So we had to really focus on how do we break down silos that can exist in medium-sized companies? And also, how do we really work to empower decision-making within these cross-functional teams and eliminate, as you know, what can happen also in medium-sized companies, a lot of the hierarchical decision-making that can slow down speed to market as well as execution. So we started on this journey with these teams in order to really see how we can address that. Very specific mission, very specific measurable goals, and having them be empowered to make those decisions. And we've executed on it. So we have teams up and running that are doing that. And what's very interesting, not only in terms of executing against the mission, right, and how fast we're able to do that, but we've also measured the time in which, we able to, which we've been able to reduce getting to market in specific areas. And in some cases, we've reduced that time due to the fast decision-making by 90%. That's huge. Right, which is pretty incredible, right, over such a short period of time. It's crazy. And so much of that is driven by how we work, right, and that empowerment to quick decision-making. So for the company now, what we're looking at is how do we scale that not only for across e-commerce, but across other areas within our company that really can utilize that way of working. I love that. And I love this guiding principle of organizing people to get closer to the objectives that they need to deliver on. You know, I was thinking back, Debbie, when I met you a few years ago, Revlon's e-com sales was probably the single digits. Now it's 14% of your total revenue. Looking forward into 2021, where do you forecast the growth of your business to come from? And with that, maybe there's some beauty trends at large you can also share that you think is going to drive growth for the industry next year. So look, I don't mean to sound repetitive here, but there's no question that digital e-commerce is going to drive growth for the industry as well as for Revlon. And for us going forward, it's really about, as I said, how do we accelerate that? I do believe that today the consumer is very focused on e-commerce and shopping that way due to the environment that we are in. But I also believe that an omni-experience approach to the market and to selling and to meeting the consumer needs is going to be critical going forward. So it really is about how do we capture that change from a consumer preference as she's going through it or he is going through it frankly, in order to be prepared to capture that growth. I mean, I think when you look at the consumer today and how the consumer is shopping, and at least the research that I've read, I'm sure you have read as well, the consumer isn't going to go back to, let's say, the pre-COVID, pre-COVID time in terms of how they were shopping. But the question becomes is, is how sticky is this entire shift onto e-commerce going to be you know, going into 21 and beyond, right? And that's still a question, though I believe that the Omni experience will be there as another part of capturing that growth from the industry as well as from our business. I think it's a, that's a great point. And look, beauty is, is so different because people are always looking to try new things. And, you know, maybe in 20, e-commerce was a safer alternative. But if you are looking for something else, and you're trying something new, there's been a lot of advances in technology and different ways to, you know, test new beauty products or, or get as close to the in real life experience. So the balance is definitely going to be there. 
I'm curious actually to get your point of view on where the winners are going to come from a retail perspective. Obviously you love all of your retail partners equally, so you don't have to like name names, but with, you know, the Target Ulta thing, with some of the other changes, now Walgreens is announcing that they're starting a media network. Like everybody's trying to figure out how they're going to get that unique edge. Like what are the trends for retailers that you think are going to help them win in the beauty space? You know, I think today what um, the retailers are doing and what we're doing with the retailers is really trying to adapt to this, frankly, this new world in terms of shopping behavior, right? And I go back to what I said before, which is, you know, how to capture this truly omni experience, right? So no longer like omni channel, it's about an omni experience for the consumer, And, you know, when you look at what's happening today and, you know, what an enormous game changer, in my view, has been is buy online, pick up in store. Right. And having that and the acceleration that that's had across the board. So whether it's big box mass or whether it's drug or whether it's, frankly, pure plays and standalone retail has really changed the game in terms of how the consumer views e-commerce as well as how they view an experience and, frankly, ask the question of what is it going to take to get that consumer in store, even when they're picking up and not just on the curb. I think it's extremely exciting to see how fast not only are consumers moving, right, but also how fast retailers are moving in order to meet the needs and the preferences of the shopper today. And I think when you look at, you know, what's happened and you look at the consumer And, you know, there have been many articles written about this, most recently, even against the holiday shopping that's happening. But the consumer today is looking at how do I consolidate my shopping trips, right? So how do I go to fewer stores and buy what I need in a very conscious way? And I think that that has an enormous impact in terms of the preferences that the consumer is looking today. And again, begs that question of, When is that consumer going to want to have that in-store experience again? Because I do believe that when you have particularly impulse categories like beauty, like cosmetics, like skincare, like fragrance, there is such an element of the consumer wanting to play and touch and feel, right, and get excited in-store about those products. And so it really ends up being, you know, up to companies like Revlon and up to that retailer landscape to come up with how do we actually meet the needs of those consumers at that time. We hope you're enjoying our interview with Debbie Perlman. More to come. We're looking forward to hearing about the bravest thing that Debbie's ever done. But first, we want to thank you for supporting our podcast, Brave Commerce. Indeed. Make sure to subscribe on Apple or follow us on Spotify. Leave us a rating because the more positive ratings and comments, the more amazing guests we can bring to you throughout the new year. We're really looking forward to all the episodes we have planned for in 2021. So thank you listeners for all of your support and getting us to the top of the charts. Let's make Brave Commerce the powerhouse that we know it all can be. We love the community of Brave Commerce listeners. For now, hit that subscribe button or follow us. Well, let's get back to our guest, Debbie Perlman. You know, with the consolidation of shopping, I think it gives Revlon a leg up on the competition because you've had such a strong footing in grocery compared to many other people within your competitive set. And when the customer does return to physical store, that will further, hopefully, your competitive advantage and penetration in those environments. You know, with so much change that's happened this year, 
in beauty, in e-commerce. I'm wondering how has Revlon stayed true to your values during this time? So Rachel, I want to thank you for, for asking me that question because it is something that I am very passionate about. So we're very focused on four key values, innovation, collaboration, accountability, and inclusion. And those are extremely important for Revlon. And I would say that it's been very critical for us, especially during this time, not to lose sight of those values. And I mentioned, you know, in terms of innovation, one aspect of innovation has been changing the way in which we work, really trying to address collaboration in a new way when you have over 4,000 employees working remotely. And frankly, a big piece of what we do at Revlon is dedicated to brand and innovative product development and go-to-market execution and creative. And it really became about how do we collaborate and still get that creative element in these remote environments? And that has really been a focus of ours. I would say we're not perfect, right? I think it's a challenge for, frankly, many companies that are you know, driven by various creative elements, but, you know, we keep working at it. And frankly, I would say that we've been very focused on inclusion, especially when you're working remotely, ensuring that employees not only believe, but feel that they are part of a community around Revlon has really been critical. And when you look at today, where we sit in the world, many companies have really been at the forefront of social change, right? And really been a leading indicator of social change. I think many companies have taken that on more and more, let's say over the past decade. I would say that's equally as important to Revlon. And we have, you know, multiple initiatives within our company really looking to address that and address social change and the needs of our employee base on an ongoing basis, Uh, We have a diversity, equity, and inclusion council that is employee-run. So we have, you know, very dedicated, passionate employee representatives across markets, across levels that are running our strategy and are running our goals and metrics to ensure that we are accountable for moving ourselves forward in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion And I'm extremely proud. I'm extremely proud of what they have taken ownership over and what we have been able to create at Revlon. And there are a number of other initiatives within the company. I'm just highlighting one. We are very, very focused on ensuring that the values remain true. And I would say even more so during this period of time. You know, whenever I engage with anyone on your team, I'm always so impressed by how long they've worked for Revlon, and it speaks to the strengths of the values. Now, we get to ask you our favorite question. What is the bravest thing that you've ever done? Well, Rachel and Sarah, thank you again for asking the question. I would say my mind is going in like a million different directions in terms of where to go and what to pick. But I'm really going to actually land on something that's much more personal for me than actually professional. That really is around. And frankly, I I don't know if I would call it brave or I would call it proud. But it really goes around having co-founded an institute in New York called the Child Mind Institute, which is dedicated to really servicing the needs of children 
and their families who have mental health issues. And it's an incredible organization. I just have to interrupt and just like give you a plus one on that one. Keep going. Sarah, I really appreciate that because it's extremely, it's extremely personal to me. It was started about 11 years ago. And the mission has really been, how do we give kids back their childhood? And I am, frankly, a focus group of one, right? Two with my, with my daughter. I would say family focus group of one. And it really was born out of the experience that I had with my daughter, Maya, who is public. And she goes out and talks about her own experience with anxiety. At five years old, she was diagnosed with an outlier anxiety issue called selective mutism. And that means that uh, she didn't talk to anybody ever except for me and my husband when we were in our house. And you think about the burden that is on a child. You also think about what's the developmental impact on a child going through that in terms of you compare that to their peers where they may be having those developments, you know, eight or nine hours a day and your child is doing it one hour a day. Right. And that's just a small piece of it. But it's just an example of what, you know, my daughter had to go through as well as many, many other families. And it really came down to how do we start to really solve this this issue? How do we start really breaking down the stigma so that people will have these conversations? You know, I used to say 11 years ago, I'd call up my friends and say, I need a dermatologist because my child has a rash on their face. But I was not so apt to call them up and saying my child has a mental health issue. You know, who do you recommend? And frankly, I can laugh about that now, right, because we made so much progress. But then it was not a laughing matter, right? And when you think about, you know, parents today, it takes them on average two years before, after identifying an issue before they'll get help. I gotta tell you, I mean, voice, I'm in therapy personally, and same, even alone, being able to ask around as an adult to say, like, can you recommend a therapist? It feels like a sign of weakness. But like you said, if you have a stomach ache, you go to the freaking doctor. And we have to look at mental health as a as an area of health, period, period, equivalent to any other health issue that you're dealing with. Bravo to you for not just focusing on your daughter's needs, but the totality of the issue and being able to leverage your, your strengths as your full self, your personal and professional self, and taking all those great things that you're so good at and, and bringing that and making a lot of parents much more aware and capable in helping all these kids. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate that. And today we've seen thousands of kids across, I think, close to 48 states and multiple countries. So we keep, we're, we keep at it. We keep breaking down the stigma, having those conversations and, you know, really trying to educate the public on the issue and much more work to get done. But I have to tell you, even to be on this podcast and be able to highlight this and have this conversation, I feel very lucky and want to thank you for engaging in that. Thank you so much. Yeah, Debbie, thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom in business and in your personal life. It's really inspiring. I've always been inspired by you. And if you guys are not watching Revlon right now, they are making moves. And I'm sure the next time that we check in with Debbie, that 14% total revenue is going to be even higher when it comes to e-com. So we're super excited to eventually have you back on the show, Debbie. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate being here. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey, 
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.